Thursday morning, 7.45, headed into work. Beautiful morning. It's about 80 degrees. We had a nice, cool spell there for a while, but it is really, uh, the heat has come back. And it looks like it's here to stay for a while, but I like that a little bit. So, plan was to go swim this morning and run at the track at the Wellness Center. But I woke up at 6.40, and normally that's the time I'm getting back from taking Emma for a walk and uh, eating breakfast. So, it was crazy. I don't know how or why I slept that long. I guess I just needed it. But I was sad to miss the swim because um, I felt like that would have been just good recovery. So, all in all, kind of a crazy start to the day, just waking up, being like, oh my gosh. Normally I'll sleep. If I like sleep late, at least I can still get in a short run or something. But this was, man, I just really was getting after it with the sleep. So that's all right. I probably needed it. But thankfully Emma barked at like 6.40 and woke me up. I, I had my alarm set for six, or for 3.50 and uh, I took Emma out at like 3.40 and I think somehow I must have turned the alarm off because um, next thing I knew it's 6.40 and time to get up. But it was good to get that sleep in so I didn't get any breakfast so I'm going to make sure I get some breakfast once I get to work. And then just start the day. I've got uh, another meeting tonight for Foundry. And then, um, let's see, tomorrow, don't have much going on. And my, hopefully, I can just have a kind of evening at home with Chad. It's been crazy this week. And it seems like most weeks, you know, we don't see really see each other until like Friday and Saturday. And then every other day is just so crazy. But that's the uh, hashtag preacher wife life, I suppose. So we've got that going on tonight, a meeting, and a lot of times we have these meetings once a month, and Chad and I will go get a Waffle House, because it's close to where we meet, go get Waffle House for dinner. And I just love the All-Star Special there, so we may do that tonight, and then, um, yeah, I've got a, I think it's a 12-mile run coming up Saturday morning, I'm going to do that on the trails in Monroe at Forsyth Park. I've last time found a really good six-mile loop. Um, that I can do mostly on gravel roads and the trails. So I'm going to try to just do that twice. And uh, I was supposed to do 12 miles last week and 9 miles this week, but I ended up only doing about 9 miles last week, so I'm going to do the 12 miles this week, and hopefully that'll be all right. But that's the plan, so I will uh, check back in later. All right, still driving to work, but thought I would give uh, just a little bit more explanation about the dinner I went to last night for the little boy who had the seizures last year. So I, I was thinking, man, when I left there, all I was talking about was the kind of food that was there and nothing really about the little boy's story, which is amazing. So, uh, oh my gosh, I'm about to get rear-ended. Um, driving to work, and there's a ton of state police out on this. It's I've got, I, maybe it's like a two, three mile stretch of highway that I drive from our neighborhood to our off to my office and I've seen three state troopers so far um so gotta be mindful of the speed but so anyway so the little boy so last year last September it was actually the day after we had our first anniversary celebration for Foundry he uh it was a normal day went to daycare and his mom is a registered nurse and mom got a phone call from the daycare worker saying, you know, I, I think Asher is having a seizure. And so, you know, she 
went there immediately. She's a nurse, and she was like, you know, I'm coming. I can probably get to him faster than, uh, it, like, an ambulance could. But So she got there, and sure enough, he was having a seizure. And so they took him straight to the hospital. And she actually worked in uh, the neo, not maybe neonatal ICU or, or something, but she had worked as a nurse in a wing dealing with kids. And so the pediatric ward, whatever it is. Um, so she knew a lot of the people and they, you know, got him in right away and he just kept having seizures. They ended up transferring him to a hospital in Baton Rouge and he kept having seizures. They ended up transferring him to, um, Le Bonner in Memphis, kept having seizures. And so just to protect him, protect his brain and his organs, they would put him in, uh, basically like a medically induced coma and they would bring him out of it to try some different medicines to see if that would stop the seizing and nothing would stop it. And so, I mean, this went on for days and it's just like, you know, what kind of damage is going to be done long-term to this little boy? He wasn't even one at the time. I don't think, I think his birthday is like October, November, maybe December. But so he, uh, just kept seizing and you know, it was just a really scary time. And so, but at some point he, just stopped having seizures and the doctors couldn't really explain it and it was just like a miraculous healing and he you know had definitely some side effects coming out of all of that he had he had basically lost his vision he had a really low muscle tone so there was a lot of things that he had to relearn he uh, once they got home he had to go through physical therapy um, I'm gonna put the phone down because there's a state trooper and I don't want them to think I'm talking on the phone. I think it's illegal in a school zone. And I'm going through a school zone. So I don't know if I can explain. Oh, I'm not talking on the phone. I'm just recording the podcast. But, okay, I've made it past. So all that to say, you know, he, he came out on the other side. And after, I think, a month or so of rehab, his vision was fully restored. He uh, He's walking now. He's talking. And it's just amazing. And so... His parents wanted to just ha- kind of have people over last night who are close to them. And, and Chad was really there and present for them during this whole time. Um, he actually was in Memphis for a conference the same time. Or he was in Nashville, but he was able to drive down to Memphis uh, and see them when they were in the hospital there. And so it's, since he was not in town last night because he had to leave for that funeral, I, I went. And I would have gone anyway with him. There's a, a lot of things that he goes to to be with people sort of in a pastoral setting that I normally don't go to just because one, I don't really have anything to add to the situation because in like high stress or really difficult situations, you, I am not the person you want to be there, but Chad is very good in situations like that. And I think that's why he is a pastor. And, but so anyways, I'm, I'm friends with them and it was really good to just be there and celebrate his life and how far he's come and, uh, and, you know, everything he's got to look forward to ahead. So that was exciting, and I was glad to be a part of that. Alrighty, it's Thursday afternoon. I'm headed back to the office from lunch. Came home, and uh, I saw that the National Geographic Breaking 2 documentary was out on YouTube. I think it aired on the channel last night. Get in the car real quick. I think it aired on the channel, and then they made it available on YouTube today, which is really awesome, and that's great to see um, uh, channels, you know, providing their content 
on YouTube. So fired that up for lunch. I got about 35 minutes into it. So I've got about 25 minutes left when I get home tonight to watch. But the Breaking 2 Project, I heard a lot about it this summer uh, through the Runner's World podcast and just all the different kind of running forms. You know, it was kind of all a buzz. And even, you know, things outside of running, different news outlets and stuff were interested in it because it's just such an interesting feat. But basically, I think the world record for a, for a marathon is something like 202 in so many seconds, something like that. So Nike, about two years ago, started this project called Breaking Two, and they put a ton of time and research into it. Um, I mean, it's really just amazing just to see, like, okay, under the perfect conditions, is it physically possible to break two hours in a marathon? And they knew, like, under you know, just out on a road marathon, like the New York Marathon or the London Marathon or Boston Marathon, you're not going to have these ideal conditions. But apart from that, if you did have the ideal conditions, could you break two hours, which is a 434 pace, which is just mind-boggling. I don't think I could run that for one mile, much less, or I know I cannot run that for one mile, much less 26. So overall, highly recommend the documentary. It's fascinating. It's really well done. It tells the story of the engineers and the scientists at Nike who put everything together and then also the three runners. Um, and, uh, spoiler alert, when they did the breaking two run, uh, they did not break two, but Elliot, Elliot Kipchoge, who was the kind of favorite going into it, he, he got very close. I think it was two something. And so it was either two or two or one. So it got very, very close, but they think it's doable, you know, in the foreseeable future, but all in all, just super interesting. Um, they found, they used a Formula One racetrack in Italy. They found that to be kind of like the most ideal conditions. I think there's a low altitude, maybe like a half percent elevation gain on the whole thing. And then they had a Tesla driving in front of the runners with lasers pointing on the track as to like exactly where they should be to be hitting their pace for the 26 miles. And, uh, you know, they had like their nutrition all dialed in and lined out as to when they needed to eat it and drink it. And, uh, Nike worked not only on the engineering for getting the runners ready, but also with just the clothing they were wearing, their shoes, so all in all, it's just really fascinating. Highly recommend it. Just check out the National Geographic channel on YouTube, and it is the Breaking Two Project. Oh, also, side note, is as I was watching it, I was thinking, I need to text Megan, my sister Megan, and tell her that this is up. I think she'd really enjoy it. We both love documentaries, especially about running or triathlon. And right about that time, she texted me and was like, watching Breaking Two documentary, it's fascinating. So I texted back and was like, I'm watching it right now, too. So great minds think alike and uh, you should check it out too.